Good morning. morning. My name is Stuart Mazell. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us, whether it's in person or online. Uh, We're just so very thankful that the Lord has brought you to us again, whether in person or virtually. Uh, This is uh, his church, and it's, it's an opportunity for us to serve him by together uh, and bowing the knee to the Lord Jesus. So we're going to continue in our series called Connecting with God. Last week we talked about how if anyone wants to connect with God, they have to go through Jesus first. Um, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so there is no way that we can really have a vital connection with God apart from Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about another way that we can connect with God, and that is through the scriptures. And we've got three passages today, one from, two from Hebrews and one from 2 Timothy. So I'm going to read these for you again. This is God's word. Verses 1 through 2 of chapter 1. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. And then from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And then 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let me pray for us one more time. Father, if... If we think we've got it together and we know this stuff already, then I pray by your spirit you would remind us that it is the one who thinks that he stands who needs to take heed lest he fall. As a church who often prides ourselves on how much we know your word. It's easy for us to get the purpose of your word. By your spirit, reveal to us today and show us more of you, more of Jesus. And and Holy Spirit, we can't I can't do this without you. 
so would you fill us and cause us to see wonderful things in your word that we would respond with real faith, with real repentance, and real obedience for your glory, for our good, and for the good of the community around us. Amen. As uh, all of you are, I'm sure, aware, Queen Elizabeth II uh, died last year. If I'm doing my math correctly, I think she was 96 years old, which makes her the, the monarch, well, the, yes, the monarch in Britain who has the longest record for serving as a monarch. That is 70 years. 70 years serving as queen, beating out Queen Victoria by seven years. And, and while all that's interesting, what I find most interesting about Queen Elizabeth, at least at this time, is that back in 1986, she wrote a letter, but no one knows what's in it. Do you know about this? Back in 1986, she visited Australia, and she wrote a letter, and here's the inscription for the letter. It's all fancy. To the right honorable, the Lord Mayor of Sydney, Australia, greetings. On a suitable day to be selected by you in the year 2085 AD, would you please open this envelope and convey to the citizens of Sydney, Australia, my message to them. Signed, Elizabeth R. And if you don't know, the R stands for Regina, which is Latin for Queen. So here's this letter that she has written, and it is sealed up, and no one knows what's in it. And in 2085, they're going to open it up and read it to the people of Australia. Now, I may not be Australian. I'm definitely not. And Queen Elizabeth wasn't my queen. I am an American. But I really want to know what's in that letter. I mean, I really do. The problem is that in 2085, if I live, I will be 113 years old. So I probably won't live that long. And even if I did, I will probably have forgotten all about the letter. Or I won't care. But if you think about it, getting a letter from a queen or from a king it would be very meaningful. There's something personal about receiving a letter from someone, even if that letter is written to a group of people, like an entire continent. When we receive a letter from someone, there's a personal connection that is made. You know, we don't send letters that often these days. It's all emails or texts, which still can have some personal effect. But when someone writes you a letter, it just has that special something, doesn't it? I hope you realize God has written us a letter. And not a letter that it's sealed up, 
that we have no idea what it says until a certain year, but a letter that we have access to every single day. The king of the universe has given us his correspondence, and we have more access to it today than ever in the history of the world. And that letter, of course, is what we call the Bible, the scriptures. And if we want to connect with God, yes, we need to go to God through Jesus, but there is no connecting with God apart from his word. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The scriptures are an important way we connect with God. The scriptures are an important way that we connect with God. Think about what we read just a few moments ago from 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. God breathed his word out so that we would have his letter to us. There's an intimate connection between God and the scriptures. <clears throat> and unfortunately, when we read the scriptures, when we hear the scriptures, a lot of times, and let's just be honest about this, a lot of times we approach it like it's just any other book. Like it's a textbook. A textbook that tells us about God. And so we pick up that textbook when we want to know something about God and we open up to the chapter that we want to know something about God and then we read that chapter and then we leave going, okay, I know more about God. I've become more and more convinced that is not the way to approach the scriptures. Yes, you do learn about God when you come to the scriptures, but it's not a textbook for learning about God. It is God, God's word to us. Scripture gives us information about God, but it is so much more than that. And we're going to talk about this in just a few minutes, but I want to hit it now. Hebrews 4.12, listen to what this says. For the word of God is living and active. That's not your biology textbook. Even though bios is about life, those words are not living and they are not active. They're just words on a page that give you information. But when we go to the scriptures, we are not just going to words on a page. We are encountering God himself. One person who hit this for me in ways that years ago that I never, I never thought about it until I saw him write it this way is, is a guy named John Frame. 
And uh, two quotes from him. One from his article, The Spirit and the Scriptures. He says this, Listening to Scripture is not merely a transaction between ourselves and a book, even a very extraordinary book. Rather, in Scripture, we meet God himself. Is that how you read the Bible? I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to experience something of God as I open this book. Another quote from Frame. When we encounter the Word of God, this is from his book, The Doctrine of the Word of God. When we encounter the Word of God, we encounter God. When we encounter God, we encounter His Word. We cannot encounter God without the Word or the Word without God. God's Word and His personal presence are inseparable. His Word indeed is His personal presence. Whenever God's Word is spoken, read, or heard, God Himself is there. Again, is that how we read the Scriptures? Is that how we listen to the scriptures read? This is God speaking. And God is saying something to us right now. Not just in the past, right now. You see, we can connect with God through the scriptures because this is God speaking to us. I know I've met a lot of people who told me God told me something. And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. All right, I'll, I'll, let that, I'll let the jury be out on all of that. But I know one time when God is speaking for definite, and that's whenever we open the scriptures and we read or hear his word. He is speaking. And that's what we see. God speaks to us in and through Scripture. God speaks to us, not just to the people back in Jesus' day. No, God speaks to us today in and through Scripture. Think about this. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture, all of it, is breathed out by God. Now let's stop there for a minute. You don't have to do this if you don't want to, but if you put your hand in front of your face and you say words, you can feel your breath on the back of your hand. When God speaks to us in his word, we feel his breath. And now maybe you're saying, well, that's not my experience when I'm reading the Bible. Whose fault is that? It's not God's. It's ours. We're not looking for God. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So if we're going to the scriptures expecting to experience something of God, God isn't going to be silent. He is speaking. And if we're not feeling it, again, the problem is with our heart, not with God, not with his word. 
So he goes on, and Paul goes on in this passage to say, all scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God wants to teach us. God wants to reprove us. God wants to correct us. God wants to train us in his ways. And he does that primarily as we engage with the scriptures. Because that is where he is speaking to us. Again, if you're thinking, Stuart, I think you're making a big deal about this. And it's not. That's, it's just a book. It's just an ancient book that people wrote down their experiences and that's all there is to it. No, no, it is not. There is something very special about this particular book. Hear what the author of Hebrews says. Now listen very carefully to what he says here. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active. It's not like Latin, a dead language. It is living. God's word is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. A couple of things here. Have you ever been reading God's word or hearing God's word read to you or maybe even in a sermon and you have that moment where you're feeling like, wait a second, the pastor is speaking directly to me. Or that passage is speaking directly to me. You ever had that moment? That's not about me. And that's not about you just happen to open to the right page. That is God through his word, coming to your heart and saying, okay, there's something I want to deal with. There's something I want to show you. There's something I want to point out to you. His word is living and active because he dwells in his people and when the spirit and the word come together, we can't help but hearing something. Of God. The other thing I want to point out about this passage that I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but the things that are talked about in this passage about the Word of God can only really be said about God. Think about this who can discern your thoughts and the intentions of your heart other than God? I can't even discern my own thoughts and feelings most of the time. Just this past week, I was was feeling down about something, and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm praying about it, and I'm asking God to reveal to me what is it that's going on, because I can't get to the bottom of it. I don't understand what it is. I can't even discern the thoughts and intentions of my own heart You can't discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart or anyone else's heart. The only person that can discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart is God. And this says that the word of God is living and active and it discerns your thoughts and your intentions. Do you see the connection? If you want to connect with God, 
the way you do so is by engaging with his word. Because as you engage in the word, God is going to speak directly to your heart, to your intentions, to your thoughts. And again, if you say, well, I don't hear the voice of God when I hear the scriptures, again, whose fault is that? This is a scary statement, but Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. So if you're reading the scriptures and you're not hearing the voice of Jesus, there's something missing. There's something wrong there. One more time. If I haven't made this point clear enough that reading the word is actually being in the presence of God, that God is actually engaged with us as we read, one more passage, and this is Hebrews 3, verses 7 through 9. But we're really only going to focus on verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. That's how we would probably read it if we were reading it out loud or reading it in our head that fast. But slow down a little bit. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit said... Is that what's there? As the Holy Spirit said, past tense. It's not what's there. As the Holy Spirit says. As the Holy Spirit is currently saying to you. And that interpretation is backed up with what comes next. Today. Not yesterday, not in the past, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through the scriptures, this is a quote from Psalm 95, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And that's what God is saying to us every time we open his word. Hear my voice. Don't turn away from me. Don't harden your heart. Because I'm a God of compassion and love and I want to engage with you. Don't harden yourself towards me. And what exactly is God saying to us In the scriptures, if you believe with me that when we read the scriptures, when we hear the scriptures, we're thinking, God is speaking. What is he saying? Well, obviously, he's telling us about himself. He's telling about ourselves. He's telling us about the world around us. God is telling us a lot of things, but ultimately, God is telling us what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do for us in and through his son, Jesus. And if you don't hear anything else, please hear this. The scriptures ultimately point us to Jesus. Scripture ultimately points us 
to Jesus. If you want to know what the scriptures are really about, it's Jesus. Listen to the author of Hebrews as he starts his book, his letter. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. This is the way God has spoken to us. In sending himself, his own son, to put on our flesh. To live among sinful people, but to live a life that is not sinful. A life that is full of goodness, of love of righteousness. One that no human being has ever done before. 33 years of completely obeying His Father in His actions, in His words, in His thoughts. And He did that to speak to us the good news. You can't obey God's Word fully. But Jesus says, I can, and I have, on your behalf. That's good news. And then he took our sin, all of those wrong things that we've said, we've done, we've thought, he took those upon himself. The scriptures even say that he who knew no sin became sin. So that we would be the righteousness of God. He took all of that on the cross to break the power of sin over us. So God has spoken to us in a son who died for sinners. And then that son was buried and stayed dead for a couple of days, and then he rises from the dead to give us life, to make us new. In fact, to usher in a new creation that starts with us and will not finish until one day there is a new heaven and a new earth where sin will be no more, and crime will be no more, and pain will be no more. And all there will be is joy and righteousness and love and peace and goodness. That's what Jesus has done for us and that's what God is speaking to all of us today. The Holy Spirit is saying this is how much God loves you. And not only all of that, a few weeks ago I said that if you're reading the scriptures and you're not seeing Jesus, keep reading until you get there. And I didn't mean by that, you're in Leviticus, keep reading until you get to the New Testament. That's not what I meant. Keep thinking, how does this passage show me Jesus? Jesus. 
Because Jesus himself told the religious people of his day in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. So you're reading about all these sacrifices in Leviticus and you're thinking, what in the world do all these animals dying have to do with Jesus? Well, God says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And the reason for that is sin always leads to death. Always. Always. And so to take care of sin, something must die. Jesus has died so that there would be forgiveness of sins of all who look to him. Maybe you're reading the scriptures and you're thinking, all these laws about like foods that I shouldn't eat, I should eat, I can't eat shrimp, but I can eat cow. I don't understand how that works. How does that point me to Jesus? Well, those laws were meant to set apart people to be holy for God, to distinguish them from the people around them. You know what distinguishes God's people today? It's Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what sets you apart. Not what you eat, but what's inside you. The Holy Spirit residing in you, being the presence of Jesus in you. And then there are those of you who say, I got one for you, Stuart. I'm reading through 1 Chronicles. And the first seven chapters... All it's about are genealogy and name after name after name, and it's so boring to look at all those names. That can't point me to Jesus. What that tells me, when you're reading those passages, as you're reading all those names, God is a God who is very personal. He could have just given us abstract thoughts, but instead he got very up close and personal. So personal, he names a lot of names that we don't even know who those people are, but there are people in those lists of names that Jesus died for. Jesus knows the name of every single person he died for. And that's what those genealogies can help us to see. God isn't just saving a mass of humanity. He's saving individual people with names that he knows personally and intimately. So no matter what you're reading in the scriptures, it's ultimately pointing us to Jesus. And I want you to grasp that and understand that so that if we're going to know God through Jesus, then we have to know Jesus better. And reading the scriptures with a Jesus lens helps us to know God better. So your action point for this week is this. Engage with the scriptures often. Engage with the scriptures often. Now if you're asking... What do you mean by engage with? 
Years ago, I would have stood up here and I would have said, okay, what that means is every morning you need to get up early, skip your coffee first, don't look at your phone first, get your Bible out and start reading. That'll work for some of you. For some of you, you won't understand anything that you've read because you're still not awake. So find the time that works for you to engage with God's Word. I'm going to really push it here. I'm not even telling you you have to read God's Word. Uh-oh. What kind of mess is he stepping in now? Did you know that for thousand, a thousand or plus years, the church did not, the church as large was not able to read the Scriptures? because they didn't have their own personal copy. For some of us, listening to the scriptures is probably more powerful to us than reading them. And if that's the case for you, don't spend your time trying to read it and get lost in all the words if listening is going to be better for you. There are tons of ways that you can listen to God's word. I do it every day. I have an app on my phone that I get to listen to the scriptures and hear God speaking to me. So it's not just the reading and it's not just, it could be the listening. For some of you, you need both. Let's just be honest. You got ADD or something and you need the words in front of you and you need the, the, somebody else reading it to you at the same time. And listen, there are apps for that too. I'm not trying to sell you apps. I'm trying to help you to see how you can engage with the scriptures, not in this uh, one-size-fits-all way, because we're not all one size. We're different people. God has wired us different. So find the ways that helps you engage with God's Word. For some of us, reading by ourselves is the best way. For some of us, reading in a group is the best way to engage with scripture. Look, find out what it is and engage, because God is speaking to you through the scriptures, and you want that. You want to connect with God. You want to engage with God, engage with the scriptures. The other thing I haven't said is often. What, how often is often? Well, how often do you want to hear from God? That's the question I would ask. How often do you want to hear from God? If the scriptures are God speaking to us, don't ask, what is, how little I can do? <laughs> but how often do I want to hear from God? Let me close with this. There's a lady named Amanda Lamond, I hope is how her name is pronounced. When she was young, her mom died of bone cancer. It's a really sad story. Uh, Lamont's mother, Barbara, she, she died of uh, bone cancer when her, she was really young. And then Amanda was shipped from place to place through foster care. She started off in Washington. She moved to Texas. Then she moved to Louisiana. Then she moved back to Texas and then back to Washington and back to te Texas again. Just being passed from family to family. 
20 years pass. And she receives a package in the mail from her mother's, from the executor of her mother's estate. And the executor had somehow found some items that belonged to Amanda's mother that they didn't know existed. The package that she received that day contained photos, a birth certificate, and several handwritten letters from her mother. And here's what Amanda says about those letters. They're messages of love and hope and inspiration. It's a connection to her that I never thought I'd have again. I wonder how often she reads those letters. I wonder how often she thinks about those letters. I wonder how captivated she is when she comes home from work or wherever she goes and she sees those letters lying out on her coffee table. I bet she engages with them over and over and over again because these are words of her mother who loves her, who loved her dearly. And as dearly as her mother loved her, we have a father who loves us even more who has sent us his word, who speaks to us directly and intimately when we engage with his word. So let's be captivated by those scriptures so that we may grow in our connection with God. Let me pray for us that that will happen. Holy Spirit, I know we can't be captivated by the scriptures apart from your work, so would you captivate our hearts? Would you cause us to know your truth? That you really are speaking to us. Every time we read your word, every time we hear your word, may we meditate, may we think about what you have to say to us often, so that we'll grow in knowing you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our one true God. Amen.